All of us are on a complicated journey of faith, pursuing truth and deeper knowledge of God. But how do we know we're doing it right? Many of you know that faith is a complicated thing, and it can be a painful and difficult journey, and far too often we are not given a space where we can safely address the complications and issues that arise naturally. My name is Joshua Patterson, and one of my best friends, Marty Frederick, and I have agreed to join each other in creating exactly that kind of space where questions and critical thinking are welcome. We want to look honestly at the issues and questions plaguing the Christian church today and to genuinely seek out what it means to live like Jesus in our ever-changing world, in our expanding universe, and in our pluralistic society. We believe that doubt is not the enemy of faith, but perhaps one of its greatest allies. We think that the Christian life is more about asking the right questions than it is about finding the answers. And we believe we are being called to continually ask those questions, renewing our minds and rethinking our faith in the process. Thank you for joining us on that journey. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Rethinking Faith. I, as always, am Josh Patterson, and with me today is my co-host, Marty Frederick, looking fresh. Marty, how are you doing? Not too bad, man. I'm uh, back into the real world, Josh. I was uh, I was out in the middle of the woods uh, in Zion National Park in Southern Utah. So like, I was practicing like the utmost of social distancing. <laughs> it was just me and my brothers out in the middle of the back country. And the first day we were there, Josh, we got like eight inches of snow <laughs> like where our campsite was so it was like ice cold um and then the second day it was like 60 degrees and sunny <laughs> i don't understand like josh you would have hated the first day yes because you hate the cold absolutely and then, and then after that like the second day you would have been like oh like this is okay but like i'm still cold from yesterday by the way <laughs> um, but it was super cool man yeah that's wild dude did you see like so you're in utah yeah. I don't know, like, what kind of wildlife. It, like, you got bears, and I don't know this. So, if I I sound stupid, then that's fine. But like, what no, do you no. have to look out for like wild Mormons chasing you. But <laughs> well, yes, that's for sure. That is definite. Um, <laughs> but no, so I think maybe in some places bears would have been a thing. But like, the big thing was mountain lions. Ah, we were we didn't see any, okay. but we did come across tracks. Like the morning after the snow, we came across Mount Lion tracks, like right outside our camp in the snow. Yeah, so they like overnight, tent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> overnight they were definitely out. Um, but they like you know whenever they can smell people, like typically they're not they're not trying to you know mess with people uh, unless they're just starving. But there's there was there's like the the park has uh, mule deer, like a lot of like it's like so like they're just like pretty big deer and then there's rabbits and all sorts of other stuff too so like there was plenty of other things for them to eat so we were the least of their concern i'm sure but we never saw any we were actually really wanting to but like every everything you read about mountain lions like if you see one it's because they're about to attack you <laughs> like you're not just gonna see one just like taking a walk you know like oh look there's a mountain lion like that doesn't happen like unless you're like from like 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 a mile away from like way up on a ridge like you might catch a catch a view but like they're not just like hanging out like a deer with their backyard so um 
but we did not see anything crazy except for like the crazy canyon like the views of that they were just like out of this world dude like you're like a different planet like parts of it it's like we're in like a forest and then all of a sudden it was like you were on mars like like red dirt and like completely like these canyons and these cliffs that go like shooting straight up on either side of you and like dude like it was it was insane like i can send you guys pictures and you guys can take a look because it was just like when you look at the picture you don't even you, you kind of look at it and you're like oh cool but like when you're standing there looking at it in person you are like holy crap <laughs> like, like i know that like the science community says this was this was created by like wind erosion and water erosion and glacier erosion and all that stuff but at the same time you're like dude like god makes some awesome stuff yeah, like sure, sure. And uh, a throwback, Josh, because on the drive back, we were in Utah and we listened to uh, one of the old episodes of what was at that at that time, Theology Doesn't Suck with Michael and Angie, the Leaving Mormonism episode. Because oh, interesting. we were driving through Utah. So we were like, I want to understand Mormons. And like, and we were listening to them and we're like, oh my gosh, like these people are like, there is some crazy stuff out there. <laughs> like, so it was cool, man. Yeah, that was, that was a fun episode for sure. And if you guys are interested in that, um, you can go back and dig through our, our archives. Um, it was Angie and Michael, right? Yeah, Michael, it was like it was like leaving Mormonism with Michael and Angie or something like that was what it was. Yeah, and they, they were Mormons for a very long time, very committed. Um, and what was nice about that episode is they were truthful about their experience, but also they didn't just bash people. Yeah, because they yeah. still have family and friends connected very heavily to the Mormon church. So super informative episode. It's actually been one of our most popular episodes, if you go back and look, Marty. It's in yeah, our like top, top 10. 10. Yeah, I'm and serious. and they dropped some straight gospel fire in that episode, like, <laughs> right like understanding the gospel. Like they were like, I remember listening to it in the in the drive a couple of days ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, like they are dropping some straight heat for the gospel in this episode. So yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a sweet one. If you're if you're looking for a good episode, go back listen to that one. No, oh, and also too, Marty, I uh, I had sent you uh, some new tracks for you to listen to. Uh, and yeah. bump on your way home from Utah uh, by an artist named Nehemiah, who actually, believe it or not, is with us here today. So, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> He's too yeah, famous, yeah. man. We can't. Uh, how would we get him? I'll, I'll prove it to you right now. Ready? Nehemiah, what's going on, man? What's going on, brothers? Good people. Good people. <laughs> what's going on with you? <laughs> See, I told you. I'm so I like I'm starstruck, bro. I'm starstruck. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Sweet. But yeah, so uh just so people know, Nehemiah um is somebody that I have the privilege of actually knowing in real life. Um I met him when I started um working at the church that I'm at currently. Uh I, I had the privilege of of uh meeting him and I've been interacting with him ever since. And so we're excited to to have you on the podcast today, Nehemiah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the uh, opportunity. Definitely. Yeah, straight up. So we have a question uh, that we like to ask everybody who comes on the podcast. Talk to me. And it's, it's super important. So like you have to prep yourself mentally, like get ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? Let's go. All right. Who is your favorite hockey team? I don't got one, man. I ain't gonna lie to you, dog. I ain't gonna lie to you. If I had to go with anybody, it'd be the Capitals. There we go. All right. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely have to. That's a good answer. That's a good enough answer. Yeah. Don't. Well, I mean, come on. Like that's like a softball, Josh. You set that one up, man. <laughs> but, like I'm telling you, we 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 get all these people from like 
Baltimore, all these people that you like, you text beforehand, hey, like when we ask the question, just say Washington Capitals. And like you set it up, but you never, it's like always funny. We never have any Chicago theologians on the podcast except for like one time when we had David Finch. And of course he was like, well, the Blackhawks. But everyone else is like, oh, well, I don't, you know, I guess I'll, like when we had Meg, Meg Calvin, she's like, the letter Kenny, whichever, the, I forget what's, what the name was. And we're like, Fighting oh, Irish oh. or something. Yeah, something yeah. completely different. <laughs> yeah. So it's not fair. Well, here's the good news, at least for Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the check is in the mail. You did good. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. All right. Well, wild, let's, yeah, let's get. So luckily, uh, we didn't ask you to come here, you know, today to talk about ice hockey, um, which is probably good news, especially if you don't have a favorite team. Um, but we did want to talk to you uh, about um, some of the things that you do, some cool stuff you have going on. But before we uh, move to that, can you just kind of give us uh, some background? Like, who are you uh, and what do you do? Uh, I am a Christian rapper. Um, I basically have been rapping since I was in uh, sixth grade. And it was more what I'd like to call worldly hip hop. You know, I talked about street stuff, you know, uh, growing up, gang lifestyle, drug lifestyle. Uh, when I was 19, when, when I was 19, I don't want to say God found me. I just decided to listen to it more than anything. And, um, it was just kind of like, I was just going through so much stuff in the street and you could check all the old albums out about all that type of stuff. But, um, you know, I decided to listen and, uh, I gave my life to Christ when I was 19 and, um, what was it? I was at Liberty University and I'll never forget this. I was at convocation and a lady started singing. She said a song, Jesus paid it all, all to him. I owe sin left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And just understanding uh, music, hip hop, all that type of stuff. I was like, dang, well, if that's true, that's what I want for my life. And I remember going back to my dorm and I was like, you know, God, you got my life a hundred percent. And um, I opened up the Bible and the first verse that I actually understood through scripture was John 4 where Jesus meets the woman at the well and he says if you only knew who was asking you for water you would have asked him and he would have given you living water and I just remember saying to myself like I want that living water I want that living water and uh like everything just started going good after that man like I was like dang if I had known this I would have became a Christian a long time ago if it was gonna be like that but what I've learned and in our faith, like you have to be broken down to be rebuilt again. And throughout my life, I've, I've been through like so much stuff. So from the period of when I'm a Christian or whatever, like God broke me down something serious. And when he broke me down, he broke me down. So I started converting back to my old, uh, old ways. I met one of my homeboys from Jersey and we were out just getting into trouble and I ended up getting locked up. And God said to me, like, clear as day, like, can you hear me now? And I was like, God, I swear, you know, you get me out of this one. Uh, I'll change my life completely. And, uh, you know, God has been faithful. And um, in 2011, I started my career as a Christian rapper. And um, I remember I started going to Seneca Creek Church. And I'm peeping the, the worship artist. I'm like, man, who is this dude? You know, like, I got this song on my heart but I don't know if he's going to listen to me because he's white. Like I just figured he wouldn't be able to understand it all that. <laughs> so I, I sent him an email and um, my guy, Dave Holly, he, he's my guy forever. 
uh, I sent him an email, so he's like, come on in. And, you know, I'm kind of sizing him up, like, hey, man, I got this song in my heart. You know, can you help me get it out? And so uh, I started humming it. Uh, and then he just plays it. And I'm like, whoa, that's it right there. Like, you got it. And so uh, my career really started there in 2011. And um, ever since, I've been doing music, performing at churches, uh, going to prisons, um, traveling all across the world, the Dominican Republic, uh, Africa. Uh, I've been associated with uh, Youth for Tomorrow, a lot of kids that have uh, disadvantages, uh, the, the kids who are dealing with the border crisis, you know, all of them are there. Kids that have been uh, in the gang life coming out of that and everything. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty active in the community. So that's that's pretty much like you know a backstory. Right on, man. That's awesome. Thank you. And so, yeah. uh, you said something at the very beginning that I think is interesting. I wanted to ask you because uh, I noticed people make this uh, make a differentiation <laughs> here. They say some people will say I'm a Christian rapper, or some people will say I'm a rapper that's a Christian. D- does that matter to you at all, or what do you think? Uh, yes and no. I get it why, like, there's an argument. I think it's stupid, honestly. <laughs> you know, like, uh, when I think of identity, my identity is in Christ, so I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian who happens to rap. I also understand where people say that I'm a Christian rapper because there's politics. It's, it's a lot of politics that I've had to deal with. Like, uh, I've had to turn down shows because they were like, hey, can you drop the Christian part off of your name? And I'm like, no, that's who I am. You know, like I I refuse to do anything like that. And then uh, they put you in a box because they label you as a Christian rapper. They're like, oh, man, he doesn't want to. He's just going to talk about Jesus, God and all that. And that's why I love getting the response, because most people, they'll hear my album. It was like, this wasn't what I expected it to be. So I'm like, well, what did you expect it to be? You know, (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, you know, but. But when you really like look into the Bible and all of that type of stuff, you got a lot of stories and a lot of real stuff that goes on in there. Mm-hmm. So it's just me telling my stories, telling things that I've been through in life and all of that. But I think, you know, there's just a stereotype where people think that Christians, we just got it all together. And a lot of that comes from a lot of us also. Yeah. And yeah. like, nah, man, we're broken people. We're broken people. We just, well, I, I we want- understand it. I wanted to ask you because because it's, it's it's an interesting distinction to say I'm a, I'm a I'm a Christian rapper, you know, instead of just a rapper that's that's Christian because I, I you know I remember growing up in high school, and we were kind of talking about this before we started recording today where like you know I would listen to these songs that were definitely putting things out there that were not Christian whatsoever, and I kind of made the distinction like oh well it's okay because I'm I don't really follow with these things i just kind of like the beat or you know even if i'm listening to the words like that's not really who i am um but like everybody has something that kind of influences us in some way like you know brings us up from where we were and like so for me even as a musician that's not i'm not a rapper um there are people that have influenced me in a specific way outside of my genre of the things that i do anyhow so like for you who would you say has influenced you the most as like a musician and as a rapper. Um, and I, I mean, I, I would not necessarily say that only the Christian ones have influenced you the most, you know, I mean, cause I'm sure there have been, but I'm sure there's also been others. And, and then the reason I asked this question is because I think there's a stigma around 
Christian rap. And you were just kind of talking about that a little bit, like, oh, it's going to be a little cheesy or it's going to be, you know, they're just going to be talking about, you know, Jesus, 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 or telling the Noah story and like trying to make it cool, but it's not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like, so like, I think the stigma around that has to change. Like the first time I heard someone like Lecrae, that changed my stigma because it wasn't cheesy rap. It was like, oh, like this is actually kind of good and he's like he's talking about some stuff that's like oh man like that's kind of like that's kind of making me as like a white man feel a little uncomfortable <laughs> like, <laughs> i feel you i feel you i got you. so like who, who would you say has influenced you uh because i think that changes the stigma of it being like cheesy and it shows people like you're like you're a real person you know like you yeah. you like you're real with that stuff well these are people I like to say who hold my ghetto gospel. I call it a ghetto gospel because they, they, I can relate to their music. Like there's Christian artists. I feel like I can't, I can't, I won't even listen. Cause I'm like, have you actually lived this? Have you been through yeah. it? So you just talking something. So uh, number one in my book, hands down is Tupac. Tupac had uh, a great message in his music. And I know the media tried to portray him in certain ways, but when you like, when you clear the clutter, when you think about the dear mamas, uh, the keep your head up, unconditional love, like Tupac had a lot of great music. Um, my second one would be uh, Fabulous. I love Fabulous. Mm. I love his okay. rhyme schemes, especially the metaphors. Like Fab is my guy. Uh, Joe Button. Most people will hate on me so bad for saying Joe Button, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge Joe Button fan because a lot of his music I call pain music. This is somebody who's very in tune with his emotions. And most people don't want to talk about emotions, but I'm like, man, this dude is putting all of that out of there, out yeah. here. But, you know, it's real. And I got to throw out, uh, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Huge fan of Nipsey Hussle. Um, I, it's definitely sad that his time got cut cut short, but – that Victory Lap was an amazing album. His mixtapes, like all the stuff that he was saying, it was to uplift people. And people, people can't really see his message because they'll look at him as uh, like just a gangbanger or a gangster and all that. And it's funny because when I was on my way to uh, Chino, to prison in Chino, California, and Nipsey had just passed, and this lady on the airplane's like, I don't want to listen to his music because he has a video where he's blowing up the bank and, you know, like not blowing up the bank, but he's robbing a bank and stuff like that. But I said, well, did you hear his message? Did you hear what he was saying in the song Hustle and Motivate? Because what he was talking about, he got your attention through the bank robbery. But did you hear what he was talking about? Like it, the content was so deep. So like those, of course, you got uh, Biggie, you got Nas, like, you got Mob Deep, like I can go on and on from a hip hop perspective, but like those are like the main people I would say who have helped shape my uh, my music, my albums. Well, speaking to Tupac, you know, I, I regularly refer to Josh as my little homie. Uh, <laughs> my little homie. Little homie's gonna ride. But he's Josh is Josh is nothing like the little homies in that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shoot well yeah man so um you have like so your newest album that you have out now is called survivor yes um it's a dope album i've listened to it a bunch actually i was uh i was texting nehemiah yesterday marty and i told him i was like bro the hook to survivor (laughs) is stuck in my head like it's a good (laughs) i'm excited to get to that one Uh um 
but I'd also know too that like your some of your music you've actually been picking up some some traction uh and and uh catching some positive attention uh within like the world of the Christian music industry. So before we get to your to your songs, like what has that experience been like? Uh it's been a lot of love, man. Uh honestly, I don't I, I definitely wasn't expected. Like I knew the potential was there. It's just people have to listen to the music you know what i'm saying because everybody gets stuck on he's a christian rapper but then when you hear it you're like whoa whoa so um before the album dropped when i went to chino california uh i did a couple tracks there and i sir uh i survived that is the track that i did mm. so it was dope because i feel like god showed me my purpose in this prison as well because um i met this dude on the yard and he was he was a somebody you could you could easily tell he was a somebody so he was like uh he tells me the story after the performance and he's like i wasn't even planning on coming out of on the yard out of my cell or anything but i heard the beats and then i started listening to your content so he was like as a man you know i wanted to see if you were really about that like you really come from that and i said absolutely and like he's got my hand all close and uh he says whatever you do you make sure you keep going and i felt like God was confirming what I had known, but it's another thing to hear. So it's like, you in the right lane. And uh, this dude was from the Hoover Street Crips or whatever. So, I mean, it, it was just a great feeling and having all of these people come up. You got it, young brother. Keep going, keep going. Uh, I actually met with a lot of record labels when I was in Nashville also. So that's been interesting. Of course, they love the music, but they're on the fence about signing a Christian rapper because how... Um, how are the other Christian listeners going to <laughs> accept this? You know, and it, people that look like me. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's, it, you know, it's politics. It's sad, but uh, this is all true story. Um, I was at a record label. I'm not going to say the exact one, but I asked the guy specifically. I was like, "So, who's reaching my demographic of people?" And he said, "Honestly, Nehemiah, uh, that's something we have to work on." But it's not, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. But uh, mm -hmm. I definitely got a lot of traction. I've met a lot of people in the industry. Uh, Corey Asbury, uh, Reckless Love, We Are Messengers. Like, I've, I've met so many people and been in front of a lot of people. Uh, Capitol Records. Like, it, it, it's a lot of love. Um, it's just got to figure out what's going on. Like, it's, it, it, I'm enjoying the ride, though. I'm enjoying the process. I'm enjoying it all. Yeah, right on. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I remember. Um, well, one thing too before we jump to your songs that I that I really like, um, Marty. I don't know if I told you about this, but I had the opportunity to sit down with Nehemiah a couple weeks ago. Now we grabbed some coffee. He took me to this really good spot uh, called Black Lion <laughs> oh. Coffee. I texted you about it, Marty. Yeah. Oh, okay. All so right. Marty is a coffee snob, self-proclaimed. <laughs> so I'm allowed to say that self-proclaimed. Like yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll I'll skeptically be like, okay, cool, sounds good. Until like you know, you I gotta go come out this way. Yeah, you gotta come out this way. He'll have to fly here and taste it himself. Yes. Person, and then he'll say, mm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. It's, it's pretty good. It's, it's yeah, I hope he ain't a hater though, is he? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. If it's good, it's good. Oh, you know, okay. Okay. Once Once all this stuff, you know, all this coronavirus stuff, you know, flies over and we're done with it, maybe I'll come on out. Let's yeah, make it happen. <laughs> Marty, the coffee uh, judge, or whatever they call those people. <laughs> uh, Anyway, but we were having some coffee and Nehemiah was sharing uh, his story with me 
which was awesome. Nehemiah, you have a crazy story and that comes through in your music. And I really, I appreciate that about your music uh, because it isn't the stereotypical, like what people expect, like yeah. we're talking about. Cause you, you get to bring who you really are, the, the yeah. true stories, the, the real life experience um, that you've been through that you live in every day. Yeah. Uh, but then also um, you now have this, this story of, of redemption and, um, you know, finding a relationship with Jesus, which is awesome. And so that's a super cool thing. Um, yeah. And so I guess what we'll do is before, before you came on, we were talking and um, I asked you to pick a couple songs off your, your latest album that, um, you know, you wanted to maybe talk about. So I thought we could go through a couple of those songs and you could just tell us about them. Like, um, you know, okay. the, vibe you were going for like some of you know maybe pull some of the stories out of them that you were trying to tell you know the message um and the first one that that uh you mentioned you want to talk about was a song called heart issues which yeah. is one of the first songs uh on the album i think it's the one right after the intro yeah 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 yeah, yeah so yeah. heart issues what's going on with that heart issues is a very deep track because i was going through a period also where i was experiencing writer's block like i couldn't write at all and um so I went through a horrible like divorce process from 2016 and like ended in 2019, early 2019. And um, one thing I noticed about heart issues is like scripture talks so much about the heart, uh, you know, in Psalms, create me a clean heart, oh God, and renew the right spirit within me. Uh, how the heart is de deceitful. Uh, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. Don't harden your hearts. And like, it talks about this a lot. And um, one thing I was struggling with going through um, my divorce was Jesus said, Moses allowed you to divorce because your hearts were hard, but it wasn't this way from the beginning. So I'm just like, man, you know, that's deep. I had to go through uh, a lot of uh, grief and stuff to get to where I'm at now. And, um, you know, when you talk about the seven stages of grief, you have to go through the denial, you have to go through the guilt, you have to go through the anger, the bargaining, the depression, the loneliness, you got to reflect. And then you got to take that time as far as like the reconstruction to work through it. And then you have to go with the acceptance, like you're, you're coping with it. And I thank God throughout that time period of my life, which was a dark time period, I had a lot of strong Christians around me. And when they talk about iron sharpening iron, I had those guys to pick me up when I was down, whether I had to tell the the same story like a million times. And um, one of my best friends said one of the realest things to me. He, he went through a divorce also. And he was like, you know, I know where you've been, bro. One thing that I regret is like when he was going through a process, he was like, God, I believe in you. I just don't rock with you right now. And he was like, you know, whatever you do, keep your faith in God, like keep your faith in God. So like throughout this time period, I was in scripture heavy. Uh, I was trying to keep myself motivated. And um, I actually ended up going to Africa, Zambia. And uh, man, like God just, he spoke to me in so many different ways. It's my first time going to Africa. And the way that uh, everybody was so receptive to my music, it was just like, it, it, was, a, it was a breath of fresh air. So from Zambia, uh, I ended up going with Youth for Tomorrow, uh, DC Dream Center, and like all of this stuff started going, and I like to call it my pen started bleeding again. Like it started putting out the emotions. So when you think of uh, heart issues, you always got to check yourself. I start off 
with a perfect picture painted, tainted, and stained with trust issues, lust issues. I know you waited. God weighs our heart. I got some heart issues. These wounds ain't never heal. It's just the scar tissue. So if you've ever had any injuries, like you tore your knee before, it's never the same as it was. It'll get better, but it's never the same. And um, I feel like in the Christian community, we don't really talk about marriage. Nobody talks about how hard it is. They tell you the good stuff of marriage. They don't tell you the bad stuff of marriage. They don't talk about divorce because you got to deal with shame, guilt. You're afraid of how you're going to be looked at. But I feel like the people who have been through through that, they were blessings to me in my times this season because they could relate. Hey, I've been there and, you know, just telling me their story. So I'm just kind of like, whoa, I, it is normal. I'm not saying like normal in a good way, but it's just like this stuff happens. And, um, you know, regardless of whatever you got to go through in life, you got to keep pushing forward and God has something on the other side of this. So heart issues, it, it has to do with the season that I was in. Um, there's anger in there, but it's all real life stuff, real life emotions. Like I wanted you to feel what I was feeling during this time period, but I had to recognize it. Like, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Because when we think about the world in general, we live in a very broken world. There's no way around that. And when you bring your brokenness to somebody else, you're just doing more broken, broke, you're adding more brokenness to the world. So when your heart is hard, you don't want it. You're, you're closing yourself off. I have, a, I have a bar in there. I'm closed off even though the shutters work. Can you let some light in? Because I'm creeping off this deep end. These eyes are evil. They try to creep in on the weekend. When your heart is stone, it's hard to speak in. And it's just like it's real because you got to really check your emotions. You got to really check your emotions. And you got you to gotta lead with your identity. Remember who you are and remember whose you are. So as a Christian, I have to have forgiveness. I have to be willing to forgive people. How can I sit up there and say the Lord's prayer and I don't have forgiveness? You know what I'm saying? So you, you gotta, you gotta be real with yourself. And um, I feel like when we have trials in life, that's, what's going to show the real character of who you are, you know, in this life we'll have trials and tribulations, but that's the stuff that will show you who you really are. And a lot of this, you have to check your heart. You have to check your emotions. Like, this, this, this season of my life could have closed me, if I allowed it to, it would have closed me off from ever loving again because my heart was hard. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, a, really, it's a really deep song to me. Um, and uh, I'm, just, I'm just glad I was able to give that to you guys, you know, like all the listeners. So, you know, as Christians, we have to do better. Let's communicate. This is the importance of your story. A lot of people don't want to tell their stories because they're afraid of how they're going to be looked at, but it's real. You know, this is real. You never know how this is going to help the next person. I've had so many people come up to me. and was like, yo man, your album touched me this way. I was going through that. I can relate to this. I understood your pain and all that. And that is the beauty to me about music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, what's so awesome is that like, as you listen to music, you know, every, every style of music has that quality where it can, you know, someone can be like, oh man, like your, your song, like that, that really hit me. Like that's, that's kind yeah. of my story. But at the same time though, I feel like you listen to hip hop music. And I think that a lot of times that story, it, it can, I don't, I don't know what it is about hip hop, but that story can be so much more real. Yeah, like it's, yeah. There's something about it, like just the way, I, I don't know if it's like the way the beats are or if it's just like the people that are doing that 
you know, it's it's just, it, it, I don't think skin color makes a difference. I think yeah. it's just the story itself is so much more impactful. And you listen to those stories and like, I mean, I mean, that's why people love listening to that stuff because it's like you can you can listen to it and you can hear the story. And it's like, yeah, like I, I can I can understand that. But I think as I was listening to hard issues, I think a lot of those things, you know, even as you know, a, a someone that's never met you before, I've never you know I hadn't heard your story. I could feel that coming through the music. I could feel your story, the pain you were working through. I could hear that coming through in the song, um, and that that made me want to keep listening because it you know not necessarily because oh okay i'm listening to nehemiah i have to make sure this guy's legit first okay yeah now i want to listen it was like <laughs> no like these stories are legit and like, it's not just a story he made up like this is yeah. his life and i, and I yeah. want to know more about him so yeah that that was like my takeaway from that for sure that's what i love about hip-hop when i think of hip-hop it is about authenticity like you got to be real people want to and when people find out oh this person ain't real you know you discredit it and i think that's what has to do with a lot of christian hip-hop this person's telling a story but on a hip-hop perspective this person lived it you know what i'm saying yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's a difference somebody could tell somebody else's story but somebody who lives it it's just like that's just more realer that's what i love about hip-hop yeah it's a it's a beautiful thing and i was i was reading this morning that uh, psychologically, people often, you know, within the Christian community, the, the faith community thinks that the way we, we stick together is through our beliefs. Oh, we have the same beliefs. But they're saying, no, psychologically, the way we actually stick together is through our brokenness. Ah, um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so people relate more over that. And so when, when the brokenness and the struggles and the pain can come out in, in music, it just makes it so, so relatable. And it, yeah. it, it's like, I'm not, for people listening, like, I'm not in this alone. I'm not by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it can, it can also bring hope and solidarity. Um, and so uh, another song that you talk about or that, that you have on the album, which is the title track, um, it gets at exactly that. I think yes. that, song, that song is pretty raw, <laughs> uh, especially that uh, the hooky got in there. So talk about uh, Survivor a little bit. I survived oh, that. I survived that. The whole album theme is basically based off survival. What will it cost? But a lot of this, like when you look at the imagery, my cover, it's based off of the life of Pi. So of course he's, uh, uh, he's got the tiger, of course, but I feel like everything that's happened to me in life has made me into a lion. You know, like I'm the king, you know, like I, I'm, I'm stronger now because I survived. And when you think about the life of Pi, one of the things that, uh, he says as he's getting closer to his destination, he was afraid to get off the boat because he was afraid that he would drown in two feet of water. But he forgot he survived thousands of feet. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like he survived so much. But a lot of people, when you when you talk about the cost of survival, it, it, it takes a toll on you. And most people are afraid of thriving. You know what I'm saying? Like that that brokenness that you have to deal with and like what is survival going to cost you? So when I think about I survived that, I'm talking about this is, this is a, a time where, like, I really started finding myself. And, like, everything that I went through, you know, in life, gangs, uh, the drugs, the divorce, you know, all of that type of stuff, I, I jumped into therapy. And in the Black community, like, it's frowned upon to go to therapy. And I don't understand why, you know. Uh, I think we all need help. And, um, 
one of the things my therapist told me, he was like, how can I regain my peace and freedom without someone else having to change? And he would tell me like, coming from my background, my problem was when I get emotional, I'll act on that. And that's who people to perceive me to be. They perceive me to be that way. What I need you to do is flip that, know who you are. So you'll know how to act and your emotions become less like, and I'm like, man, I never thought about that because in the streets, you got to act, you got to act. You can't let these people walk over. You got to act, you got to act. So, um, survivor, I mean, I remember listening to the beat and it just, it's like the words just started uh, coming to me, waking up in cold sweats from post-traumatic stress, developed a habit, being a savage only adds on to my stress. I know that I'm blessed. My head is a mess. I must confess. A teacher told me you only good as your last test. You know, hmm. in this life, we'll have these trials and tribulations. When you really go through storms, I feel like God does his best work if you're willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about Christianity in general, everybody wants, everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to pick up their cross. Nobody wants to pick up their cross because it's, it, it costs something. Survival really costs something. And um, I think th- those are the things that will make or break you. I was talking about character in general. Like, you know who your real friends are when you really start going through some stuff. You start to see people's true characteristics when you really start going through stuff. And I got a, uh, the I Survived That video. It's actually going to drop later today. Um, powerful video. Uh, shout out to J- uh, Janet, uh, Pastor Jeanette, uh, and my wife, Janet. Um, I can't wait for you guys to see that. Um, it was just, it, w- it was a beautiful song. And it, again, it just compiles all of the stuff that I've been through. And this is who I am now. And I had to go through some certain things to just get there, though. I had to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the um, It's crazy because, like, when we talk about uh, non-stereotypical Christian music, yeah, you have this line in the, um, in the hook. He said, I heard the nine. I seen the grind of the crime trap, but I survived. survived I survived. I survived. I survived. I survived that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I really like that part of the song because it's so you don't expect that to come. But yeah. also it's like, it's real. It's yeah. your experience. It's crazy. Yeah. It's cool. Another thing is like, it's funny you said that because I, when you think of Old Testament, you have the book of Exodus. God is showing people he's super, super real. <laughs> he's, show, he's showing people, you know, with the plagues and all of that type of stuff. So they're like, oh, shoot, you know, God is real. I, I, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. But then when you when you get to, to numbers, you know, the, the, the people saw themselves as grasshoppers. So I feel like I feel like that's a point in time where you start checking you like, oh, shoot, God, I know that you're real. And you have to really look at yourself in the mirror. Like, do you see yourself as an image bearer of God or do you see yourself as a grasshopper in the eyes of giants? You know what I'm saying? And uh, Joshua, huge fan of Joshua. Joshua was somebody I felt like he knew himself. He knew what type of person he was. And um, he's legendary guy. But what is it going to take to survive? You know, that, that, that will show you who you really are. That, that'll show you who you really are. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Marty, do you have uh, any, any thoughts on that track when you were listening to it? I mean, I think pretty much exactly what you guys have already been saying, you know, Mm -hmm. you just, you listen to it and sort of like what I was talking about with heart issues, it's, you know, you, you start to hear the realness come through. Um, 
And so, you know, you, you listen to some other rappers, I mean, just to be honest, and you hear some stuff and you say, okay, well, did they really go through that? Did they really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. did they really have to survive that? And I don't know, because I don't know these people, but also their story sounds so cliche, like something everyone else like, oh, I had to sell drugs on the corner. Did you really have to sell drugs on the corner? Because yeah. now you make like, you make like a hundred billion dollars a year. So did you really have to do that? Like, yeah, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's true. But like, you know, when I, when I listen to that, not, it's not because you're not making a hundred billion dollars a year that I uh-huh. thought, oh, well, he must be real then. But you could hear that realness coming through. And I think it's because as you're talking about all these different things, it's not rooted in something else. It's rooted in that idea of, you know, I'm going to survive this, not because of my own self, not because of my own strength, but because yeah. I'm surviving it through the power of Jesus, through the power of the cross. You know, pick, mm. t- I took up my cross and I'm surviving it because of that, not because if I survive this, then I'll get that big payout. I'll get that big check. You know, that's yeah. not the reason. So that, 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 that really was my takeaway for sure. I had a bar like that. Uh, I picked up my cross. I know what the cost. I know his pain endured. You can't illustrate this picture if you ain't painted for it. Like uh, uh, going back to the life of Pi, one of the things that I love what uh, they said was like, I had no idea a living being could sustain so much injury and continue to go on living. Yeah. You know, and, and I love that so much because it's like, regardless of whatever happens in my life, I know that God's got my back. So I know that, guess what? I'll get through it. You know, I, like certain, like tragedy, nobody is exempt from pain. Mm-hmm. Whether you're rich, poor, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, you know, everybody at some point in time will have to go through pain. It's just, it happens. It happens. But look at yourself as a survivor and don't look at yourself as a victim. And I feel like in life, a lot of people will sit in that victim stage and a victim stage or brokenness, whatever you want to call it, and they stay stuck there, not knowing that God only meant this to be a stage. But once you continue to climb, you know, the mountaintop, it feels great to be at the mountaintop, but you got to go through the hills and the valleys at first. You can't just sit and climb your way to the mountaintop. At some point, you got to go back down. You got to go back down. And um, it's a part of life. It's a part of life, but just remember yeah. whose you are and, and, and what you represent. That's the most important thing that I've learned. Mm. yeah and i think real quick one, one last thought on the song is um it always makes me think like and and some of my friends we used to joke about this like man our story you know like my story my testimony is whack like it's boring it's dumb like, <laughs> like it's whatever and then um but the crazy the thing is like is that's not true right we yeah. all have our different stories we all have yeah. our our walks in life and all of us like you pointed out have survived that our story yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and and we'll can and continue to survive so um i said just 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 along those lines like i think oftentimes we look at things through our own perspective and we say we we hear someone that you know like you know for instance in your case you know survived going to prison you know survived you know a divorce and then i say well you know like man like i haven't really had to survive anything like that so you know maybe Maybe, maybe like everything's cool with me, but that doesn't mean that in a year or in a day or in an hour, something tragic isn't going to happen to me that I'm going to have to survive. And I think like, not to be cliche about it, but like in today's day and age, as we're dealing with coronavirus, as we're dealing with, you know, people, you know, just like a lot of different things going on in our world with war, you know, I mean, not even gang violence, let's just talk about our world. You know, there's, there are people fighting battles that have, they've been fighting for millennia 
Um, and so many of them now, they don't even know why they're fighting that battle anymore. And uh, I think those stories, you know, we're dealing with all these things and we're, we're living it right now. We're living in that yeah. valley, I think, as the nation and as a world where we're all kind of saying like, oh my gosh, like when are we going to come out on the other side? Um, and I don't think that it, to, to, my, to me, your story is different, but to God, our story is all the same. I agree. I agree. God, we, like all of our stories. Now, I, w- I would, I would put the, I would put the caveat on that and say our stories are all the same to God when we trust God. Yes. Yes. To be the resolution of that story. Yeah. When we don't ever trust Him to be that re- that that resolution, I would say God probably doesn't say, "Oh yeah, all of our stories are the same." You know, you you because it's not that we didn't trust Him. We didn't turn to trust God after that. Um, and I, and I think that realness is just, I mean, like, like I said, the realness of what you're saying, I can hear in that, that like, you know, the hills and the valleys you're talking about, you know, I can hear that in the music that you are, that like, in the words that you're, that you're, that you're using and the, and the way you're talking about those things, it, you know, you're up and you're down, you're up and like, there's good things that happen. And then there's something, man, that just like, that just beats you down and you're like, man, I'll never get out of this again. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, you know, I survived it and now look where I am, you know, yeah, yeah. I moved on past that. So I, I wanted to touch on something because everybody has their own story. Mm-hmm. And like, I've had people say, man, I wish I had your story. I'm like, I don't <laughs> think you could have survived that. Like that is the <laughs> dumbest thing. I don't think you yeah. would what, like, who's to say you would have made it through it. And right. I, I, I think about the scripture where uh, the mother comes up to Jesus and say, can my son sit on your right and your left? I don't think you can drink this cup. You know, uh, and I love that. And Josh, piggybacking off what you were saying as far as your story. Everybody has a story. You have a story and you can tell your story to a kid who's coming up the same way you probably had to come to. Maybe maybe you can help them. I had a performance at the Chinese Bible Church just recently. And uh, the pastor was telling me one of the things that a lot of their kids have to deal with is depression. And living up to their parents' expectations. Guess what? That's a weight right there. You know, depression is real. And a lot of times people kill themselves because they're, they'll commit suicide. And it's because something internal that's going on with them. And sometimes they just don't want to talk about it. And the sad thing is, we all have our story and some people will commit suicide and they're, they're killing their future because something happened in their past. And it's like, yo, maybe let's talk about this. Let's talk about depression because this is real stuff in the community. It's okay to be broken. It's okay to be broken, you know what I'm saying? But don't stay at that stage. This is why we gotta be that iron and sharpening the iron. We gotta be the salt. We gotta be the light of the community. Let's talk about real issues. And a lot of people are just afraid of how they're gonna be viewed. You gotta be real with yourself, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, what's so cool about recognizing that too is that um, I realized, so as like a a full-time high school, can you hear okay? He paused on me too. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we can. All right, there we go. Sorry, my internet's being wonky. Forgive us, listeners. Um, but uh, what when I think about this and and what you're saying, I remember too, like our stories. Um, they, if we if we allow them, they place us into different positions that give us a u- a unique opportunity to minister yeah. people similar to us, right? Yeah. So they're there are like if I tried to go out and minister to uh, or work with say like some kids living on the streets, gang banging, you know, having to do this kind of stuff, 
they would look at me and be like, dude, you're crazy. Like, you have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) But, But Nehemiah has this opportunity because that's his story. And so that's a unique context in which God can use Nehemiah, even though he can't use me. And that's fine. I just have to realize that's not my story. So yeah. it's not, you know, I can, um, you know, still love people and whatever, but there's, there's like a unique opportunity that Nehemiah has. There's a unique opportunity that I have, and there's a unique opportunity that Marty has, yeah. you know, based off of our stories and our context and like how God is using us. So I think that's so cool to see those stories come together because that's the idea of like the body of Christ, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like working off each other's strengths and complementing each other's weaknesses and all that when, kind of stuff. When I, when I was young, I didn't really understand it because I would be like, dang, why, why do some of my, like I got my homeboys who from my perspective, they would seem like they're well off. Like, dog, you got a big house. You know, you got, you got your mom and dad in the house. What would make you want a gangbang gangbang? But at the end of the day, you don't know what it's like. Yeah. And he has a connection with his parents. You know what I'm saying? So that's the stuff that gravitates people because you're looking for a sense of family. The struggle is real. The struggle is real and everybody goes through it. And just don't let it define you. And what I, what I, what I mean by that is like, don't stay stuck there. Your struggle can refine you. Like God has a purpose in all your pain that you go through. And what are you going to do with it? Like, what did you learn from it? Everything yeah. that I've went through in life, what did I learn from it? What can I take from it to teach the next person? Mm-hmm. I was just talking with my son about that the other day, a couple of weeks ago. He was, he was, you know, kind of like lamenting that he doesn't have his own phone. He's in fourth, he's in, he's in fourth grade. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he was like, well, there's this first grader and he has his own iPhone X. And, you know, and I was like, you know, that's the world we're living in now where there are legitimately are first graders that have that kind of stuff. Uh, but then I started saying to him, you know, hey, don't don't allow that kid's highlight reel to be what you think is their real life. And don't compare his yeah. highlight reel to your every day because it'll never yeah. match up. He's yeah. got this highlight reel, but you don't know that maybe his parents fight and maybe his parents don't want him to be around. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe they don't want him around. And so they bought him this thing that would occupy his time so that he would feel happy and not notice the fact that there's all of this shattered pieces around him. Yeah. And as you started thinking about that, I said, you know, I bet you if you ask that kid, hey, would you rather have that iPhone X or would you rather have three siblings and a mom and a dad that love you and care about you and do th- and play with you? And yeah, yeah. You? I bet you he'd want to trade that iPhone a hundred times over yeah. for that story. But at the same time, that's his story and he's yeah. living it. And when he grows up, that pain is going to make him into something if yeah. he allows it to make him into something. Um, and, you know, to kind of segue out of that, he's going to have to bounce back. So talk to us, talk to us about bounce back. Bounce back. I actually almost scrapped that track. Really? Really crazy. Really crazy. It's crazy how it uh, turned out because I was listening to the beat and my homeboy was like, yo man, that beat is crazy. You need to do something to it. And I was like, all right. So uh, I reached out to my boy, Andrew, uh true spitter. And, um, he was, uh, he said to me, like, you know, like, what, what, what is a Christian rap song? Basically, like, how, what is a Christian? And I'm like, yo, it's your story. You know what I'm saying? But he was real on his track. He was talking about a situation. He has the first verse. He was talking about a situation where him and his wife were having um, problems with pregnancy. 
And uh, how's he, bro? I'm in my head with no way out. I feel pain, so much doubt. We got problems. Set me free. Why do I feel like these negative things only happen to me? Like he's telling his story from a different perspective. Like, but God was faithful. God blessed him with another child and all that type of stuff. So falling down hurts. Falling down hurts. But what matters is how you bounce back. And I felt like when you when you look at the track list and all that, after survival, what comes? Hey, it's bouncing back. It, the lower you are, the high. When I was like, I'm feeling super, super low. Like my mind was in a dark spot, but I wanted to soar that much more. And it just felt great coming out of coming out of this dark season of my life. And so uh, that's what I. They thought I relapsed when I collapsed. Can't fall for the mouse trap like a trampoline. I'll bounce back. And it, I mean, man, God has just blessed me in so many different ways. And um, yeah, bounce back is a, is a hot track. Appar- apparently, from everybody else, like bounce back is the hottest track on the album. So I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. And it's crazy we almost scrapped it though. But it, it's, it's a beautiful track. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful a track. Yeah, for sure. It's a banger for <laughs> the sure. It's crazy. It is. It is. It's good. Yeah, I like that track. I like it a lot. And I think um, I thought like, I mean, you pointed this out already, but the flow of, of how the album works, yeah. um, just the placement of that song uh, made a lot of sense. And so I, I like to see that. Like, I, I like to see um, when artists uh, tell stories throughout um, mm-hmm. an album or like they, they place things intentionally rather than just like, oh, here's just a bunch of, you know, crap that yeah, I came up yeah, with, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> None of the songs really mean anything, but they don't flow. There's just, no yeah, flow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the flow of that that worked great. I gotta give yeah. a special shout out to uh, Dave Holly and John Spice, uh, Broken Soul Studios, for that too. Like this was putting this album together and just making it sound so great. Like they played a great part in this. Shout out to my boy Andrew too. Yeah, that's yeah. what's up, man. That's awesome. Yeah, well, so is there anything else you want to you want to say about uh, bounce back before we hop to another track? Uh, I just love the track. It's a good one. <laughs> it's, it, a good it, one. it's a good track. I mean, you guys got any questions? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what more I can say, but that's a that's a heavy track, and uh, I'm planning on doing a video for that pretty soon. Oh, that'll be awesome. That'll be really cool. Hmm. Sweet. Well, um, let's see. I. I don't know. I think maybe another thing I like about that song, and this is something that, that you had already, you know, you alluded to Nehemiah is, is a lot of times people um, hit rough patches or they go rock bottom or whatever. And then they just kind of feel almost content or maybe they don't feel content. They just get stuck. Yes. Space. Yes. For a long time. And like, I don't want to, talk crap about people who are stuck in that space because you know maybe they're working through stuff or whatever yeah um but just the the positive like reminder that we don't have to stay there yeah bounce back we can even even if it's small incremental little steps if it's if we're bouncing back one notch higher than we were yesterday yeah Yeah. then that's progress that's a positive thing um and especially too i see uh a lot of uh, the community that kind of um, we swim with or however you want to say it, people that listen to our podcast um, a lot of times have are people who have been hurt by the church yeah uh, where or or gone through what's called deconstruction 
And um, I don't want to poop on the deconstruction bit or like, or, or, you know, deny anybody else's pain or anything like that. Cause trust me, uh, the church has hurt me beyond measure. And, mm-hmm. and like every day I ask myself like, bro, why the hell am I still working at a church? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel Jesus is Feel that too. Cool. There we go. Jesus is pretty cool. And there's cool people like me, Abaya and Marty. <laughs> um, but like we, we can get stuck in this deconstruction bit sometimes. And I'm more interested in like, where, how can we bounce back from that? We've, all right, we've gotten rid of the negative stuff within mm-hmm. our faith. How can we bring back in more positive? Where can we go from here? You know, well, how, how can we keep growing? One of the things you just touched on is when you run into people who don't like Christians, they've been hurt by the church. They've been hurt by church folks, church folks, church folks. Yeah. You obviously don't know who Jesus is. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like Jesus will take you from a place where you can start to soar. Like Jesus, and Jesus has, Jesus is the real deal. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something like throughout my life, throughout my seasons, everything that I've gone through, I can never deny like Christ is real. I'm not going to sit up there and say he's fake. Church people, you got to realize they're broken people. They don't have it all together. They want you to think that they have it all together, but you don't, nobody's ever going to have it all together. And that's the beauty about life also, you know, life, you can never master life because the courses will continue to change throughout it. You know, your mindset at 20 and 21 is completely different from your mindset in your thirties and it's going to continue to change. But stick with Jesus because Jesus will make you bounce back. Mm. And uh, what, what, what is it in scripture says, uh, I will put them under my foot, my enemies under my footstool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So going through certain things, it makes me feel good. Like God said, I got you. Yeah. And guess what? I'm going to make you flourish right now. So there's a part that's just like, I'll get people, I mean, the haters going to come, man. <laughs> the haters going to come. And people are mad. Oh, you're out here doing music. You're out here doing shows and all that type of stuff. I'm like, dog, you got the same 24 hours I got. <laughs> our, our, our belief systems are just different. You know, you're yeah. stuck. You're stuck from falling down. You want to stay there. That's on you. But guess what? I can't stay stuck on the past. I'm not going to continue to drag this weight anymore. I got to keep moving because the gospel don't stop for nobody. And once you, once you leave that gospel behind, like you're losing your identity. So you got to figure out who you are again. I know who I am in Christ. You know what I'm saying? So I got to keep moving forward. I got to keep moving forward. I can't, I can't stay stuck on what happened yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, there's this, uh, there's this worship leader from Bethel Church named Sean Fuke. You guys probably have heard of him before. Mm-hmm. Um, and way back in August, he I got this quote on my phone. I screenshotted. He put on Instagram, uh, let's not use the church hurt me once as a perpetual excuse to live potential in oh. life. We've, we've likely all been hurt in some way because the church is made up of flawed people. Facts. But we can all do our part to make it better and brighter. It's going to take all of us. Yeah. And I remember reading that and posting that and uh, somebody said, Hey, you know, stop trying to diminish uh, the way that the church has hurt people. And it's like, no, no, this isn't diminishing the way church has hurt people. This is saying we recognize that it's happened. But like you guys were saying, that's not the church just that Jesus didn't hurt you, man. Yeah. 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 Jesus didn't get up and say to you, you know, Hey, I'm sorry that you feel like you might be gay but yeah. you're wrong and so yeah. you just need to repent and just come back to jesus and either live an entire life of celibacy or get married 
you know, yeah, and just, yeah. and just, just, just ignore all that. Like, yo, bro, like that's, Jesus didn't say that to you. Jesus said, you know, like, I love you at the yeah. spot that you're in right now. And I'm not going to judge you for any of those things. Jesus didn't judge a single person yeah. for the story that they were living. And uh, he, he gave them some harsh truths. He gave them some harsh realities. Like, yo, bro, you're going to have to sell everything you own. Yeah. And give out, give all your money to the poor if you want to follow me. My man and walked away. He walked away because he was a rich man. He didn't know yeah. what it meant. Yeah. But like, yeah. we can't allow, though, like, even if, even if, the, you know, we can't allow the church hurt me a hundred times. Yeah. You know, I mean, Josh and I worked in ministry. And so now, you know, if I look back on my, my life, I, I could probably say, man, the church has hurt me a lot. Yeah. And like I was working in ministry and every place I worked in, I feel like I walked away scarred and yeah. bruised. And, but at the same time, that wasn't ever Jesus that did that. Yeah, Sometimes exactly. it was me. I did it. Sometimes yeah. it was the church. Yeah. Sometimes it was the people in the church, but it was never Jesus. It was yeah. never the Holy Spirit that scarred me and made me be like, man, like, I got I the Holy Spirit and I are going to have to go make up someday because like, yeah. he really, <laughs> it was never that it was always those people. Now that leads to reconciliation. That leads to mm. repentance. That leads mm. to, to, to rebuilding relationships uh, it, for, for the sake of Jesus. But it never was the, like the church as in Jesus Christ. And so like, yeah, there, you, you have to figure all that stuff out. Well, when you think about scripture also, I always tell people, who was Jesus like really going off at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the people who thought that they had it together. Yeah. But the Bible to me is simple. It's love the Lord, your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right on. If you love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself, everything else falls in place. Yeah. Understand there's brokenness in the world. You're not better than anybody else. You're just not, you know what I'm saying? And understand who Christ is. And this, this is the difference what I always tell people. When you actually know Christ and actually have that relationship with him, it's a different ballgame. You know, like, who is he sitting out here with? Oh, he's eating in the midst of sinners and all this type of stuff. That's Why aren't you out there? What you have done for the least of these people, you have done for me. You know, how did the church forget to go to the jails? How did the church to, uh, forget to go to the widowers? You're outcasting these people when God called you to love them. You're outcasting people who are uh, gay, homosexual, whatever you want to, but we're called to love them. So we're doing yeah. more damage by condemning them when yeah. we shouldn't be doing that at all. We should be loving them. And I feel like, again, going back to the church hurt me because you're condemning people. Yeah. Are you loving them in the process? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think accountability is very, very real. As Christians, we should hold each other to high standards. I believe this is me personally accountability is everything but who are you to sit up there and judge somebody is not of the faith you know what i'm saying you should be loving them yep so I yeah mean, yeah hey, keep uh, preaching man don't stop keep preaching <laughs> people gotta hear this people gotta hear i mean this. It's, it's real but it's, it's it's a process it's a process and everybody isn't everybody if if the church me personally if the church was doing what it's supposed to do the world would be a better place i personally yeah, feel straight that. up I, I personally agree. feel that way. Without a doubt. I agree. And Marty, I want to share a thought with you real quick. And then Nehemiah, I have one more question about bounce back for you. Okay. Um, but Marty, I think the reason I want to share this is, is maybe a little bit selfish, but I just have to get it off my chest because it's bothering me. You talked about the church hurting people. Um, 
there's a so Nehemiah, you might not know this. I met Marty by him and I worked at a church together in oh, Florida sure. when I lived in Florida. Yeah. Uh, he was the worship pastor there. I was the pastor of everything that the head pastor didn't feel like doing. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's the best way to describe Cause it. Because I lived that I lived that life after you left. And guess what? <laughs> guess what? I survived. I survived. Hey! <laughs> but uh but I got a I got a message from somebody, uh Marty, a couple, uh a young couple that you and I are pretty tight with. Um I think you can probably guess who they are, but I, I'm going to keep their names out of it today. Uh, both of them got laid off because of this whole Corona thing. Shoot. And so um, homeboy, head pastor, calling around, reminding people the importance of online giving during this time when the church can't meet together. Mm. And when they shared that they had both been laid off, he said, well, that doesn't mean you can't keep giving. Oh. So that, I had to get even though, even though that, you know, like when you're not earning – I remember that being one of the things, if you're not earning anything, then you don't have to give anything. (laughs) (laughs) That was the, that was, that was what was said from stage, even though that was obviously that's the, as we now are hearing, that's obviously not the way it was. So that, that made that, that messed me up. And hopefully uh, our friends, if you're listening, you will survive that and you will bounce back. Um, But Nehemiah, one thing I just wanted to ask you, because, Within the the Christian community, people love to hear these stories of bounce back, right? Uh-huh. They love to hear, I had this, you know, crazy journey. I hit rock bottom and now I bounce back. Um, I want to ask if it's not too personal, what has the response been um, from people uh, from your past life, so to speak? Um, like, what kind of response have people that you used to like run with, things like that? How have, have they responded to this idea of, of bounce back? Man, you, you know what I mean? Oof. Is that is that too personal Oof. of a question? No, no, it's definitely not. Uh, I actually, I have a lot of my homeboys who I still love them to this day. They know we talk. Um, we talk. And they're like, yo, I love seeing what you're doing. I love seeing what you're doing. And the fact that you come from where we come from, I respect that even more. I want to get there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm mm. like, all right, you know, like, I'm willing to coach you, you know what I'm saying? But you got to be serious about it. Like, I can't play around with that. And this is a uh, this is a true story. One of my homeboys that hit me up, and uh, I always have to be cautious with this type of stuff because you got to have that spirit of discernment. Yeah. So do you really want to change your life or do you see the success and you like, I just want a piece mm. of that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. hey, I want I, I want to do Christian rap also. So tell me what is your definition of Christian rap? And you can't explain it. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a lot of people see the work that I put in. Like you gotta put a lot of work in. One of my homeboys hit me up and he was like, "Hey man, you know, I, I'm trying to get up with you. I, I need to talk." And I will always, all my homeboys know that they have direct access to me. Like they they hit my line. Hey, what's up? We'll talk about certain things. Um. So one of my homeboys, I, I told him, I'm like, "Yeah man, I'll get up with you." Uh. Where do you want me to meet you at? So he's like, meet me at Blaje Blaje. And uh, he was like, actually, I can't go there because the cops are on their way. My baby mom. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, don't put me in those situations like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, because I feel like I've overcome so much. And everything that I've worked for can go away just like this. Wrong place, wrong time, all of that type of stuff. 
And my homeboy is like, hey, man, you know, like, take me under your wing. Take me under your wing. I, I, I want to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing. So it's like, well, what are your actions like? You know, like, are you really trying? Like, what are you doing for yourself? I feel like in this process, especially from a street perspective, you'll know when somebody wants to get their life together when they start acting upon it and when their soul's actually tired. Hmm. Like, yo, this is getting old, man. Like, this is getting old. I want something better for myself. And it, it, I get a lot of love and it's also a lot of hate. It's, I, I get a lot of love and it's also a lot of hate. Um, yeah. How did you make it out and not me? What What makes you different from me? And I mean, that's something that, you know, I still have to deal with. And I ask God that sometimes. Survivor's remorse, like, why me? You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I get love from the church. There's also people who hate me in the church. <laughs> you know, like, it's real, though. It's real. So, I mean, I try not to let that stuff get in the way. It sucks sometimes. But when you hear the real ones, the real ones who really know what you've been through and what you've overcame, and they'll be like, yo, you know, I really appreciate that. That to me is what I do all of this for. Like, you can't bring everybody with you. Some people just like being stuck. Yeah. But you gotta you you learn to love people and you gotta love them from afar at sometimes, man. Like it is what it is. Because you don't wanna it, it takes a second to be brought back into that old lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, no, straight up. I feel like sometimes too, maybe, I mean, this isn't my experience, so I I'm, could just be speaking out of my butt, but like I think of someone like Derek Miner who, you know, says, God bless the trap. Yeah, So yeah. praise for those people, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though he can't necessarily roll with them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still all love. So that's a, that's a cool thing. There, there's still like, even though the success and all that type of stuff, success will cost you something. Sure. It, it, it's always going to cost you something. And um, I remember like earlier in my career, I'd be like, man, why are these people hating? You know, like what, I'm, I'm trying to speak a, a message of positivity. I'm trying to talk about life and all of that. But really they're hating because a lot of them hate themselves and they hate that you're doing something that they know they should be doing. Yeah. And, and you're stepping out of a comfort zone and everybody has the opportunity to do it. Um, a lot of people want to, it's just, it, it's been a crazy process, but I've just learned to more have that spirit of discernment. And I feel like God, God's going to work how he's going to work. Yeah. I got to continue to be a vessel. So, mm -hmm. I mean, all my homeboys, like we, 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 we always, I'm always going to have love for them. They got an open line to me. All of them will tell you that, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I can say about that. Well, I, I think the legit thing is that real recognizes real. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and, yeah. And if, and if you aren't real, sometimes you see it and it, the grass looks greener. Yeah. But you can't, you can't be unreal and try to be real. And I think that's probably a huge story like you're talking about here. Like the dudes that come and they want help, but really they don't want help. They just want, they just want yeah. a scapegoat. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. They, they want to get out, but they don't know how to be yeah. real in that. And uh, realness isn't just deciding to change. Realness is like there's 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 a real person that makes that realness real. Yeah. You can't be real without them. I mean, you just you just can't. Sod takes time to attach. You know, you gotta you gotta water it. You know, for the roots to really get there, but it doesn't always attach. It doesn't always attach. And uh, whew. 
I, I can go on for days about this, but I don't want to but, touch uh, on everything. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You're good. And we have, we have two more songs we want to talk about too. And I know um, we're going a little bit longer than we normally do, but this is an important conversation and we're excited to have it. So uh, the next song we want to talk about, you have a track called Moments. Wow. Um, which is yes. a, a solid track. And one thing real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to, to uh, one of my students who- Drew Nehemiah, Rushline. Sir. That's he, my man's. <laughs> and this is another reason I love Nehemiah because he saw a student. So Drew is a, is a high school student. He saw a student with talent and he empowered him and gave him the opportunity uh, to partake in something beautiful. So shout out to Nehemiah for that. And also uh, shout out to Drew for writing a pretty cool hook. Moments is my favorite song on the whole album. Awesome. Just hands down. And it's crazy because, of course, I heard the beat first. And it's like I just my pen just started bleeding, just started going. And um, really crazy. I had reached out to some other people about the hook. No response. So reach out. My man David's like, you should reach out to Drew. All I'm right. like, all right, bet. So I never heard Drew's hook until we got into the studio to finalize the album. So <laughs> I, I'm sitting up there after my verse, and I'm like, all right, what's, what's the young brother gonna bring? And he killed it. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the song was good, but he made it great. Like, to, to be so young and to be so talented, uh, oh man, his lyrics, were, uh, his lyrics were just crazy on it. He has a ridiculous voice. Um, I love how, in the uh, uh, last chorus or whatever, how he breaks it down. I'm just, uh, wait, I'm just gonna tell you. If you got a piece of mind to spare in just a moment, and he hits that high note, let me take you there. And I was like, yeah! Like, it, it, it was just crazy. But the beauty, when you, going back to the track list again, after survival, you bounce back. But when you go through things in life, you learn to appreciate the moments that you have. Yeah. The moments, you know, you can have money, you can spend money, but time is something you can never get back. So I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to waste my time on no BS. And I've, I've appreciated things more, but I had to go through things in order to get there. And God has been so faithful. Like um, I just recently got married uh, in February and it's just been a beautiful process. Um, like I'm appreciating this moment being a husband, uh, I'm appreciating. I got a child on the way too. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. Like I'm appreciating the time. Like this time is time we can never get back. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be something that's timeless. The podcast that we're creating right now, the music is timeless. And um, you just learn to appreciate so much stuff. I start off with take a picture, enjoy the moment you own it. Say what you got to say. Cause really I don't know it. When you think about funerals, You'll see people just crying, banging on the cross, uh, banging on the casket and stuff. And the majority of that comes from, I wish I had more time to say yada, yada, yada. Why can't you say what you got to say right now? You know, give people, uh, they got the saying now, like give people their roses while they're here. Like acknowledge people while they're here. Show love while you're here. Don't wait till that person has to pass in order for you to, hey man, I appreciate everything that you're doing. And I think about it even from a history perspective. Most people celebrate Martin Luther King, but he was hated when he was alive. He <laughs> had to die to become who he was. And it's just like, dang, man, how come you couldn't show that love before? So yeah. moments is like, whew, 
Moments is my favorite track, just how it comes out. It's one of those things you just kind of, you might have a nice cup of some bourbon, something, to, and you just sitting there, you know what I'm saying? And you just vibe to it. You just vibe to it. And I, there we go. Hey. Is that White Claw, Josh? Are you drinking White Claw? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. That, that is a hazy IPA by Southern Tier Brewing Company. <laughs> And I said in there too, like life's moving kind of fast now. I hit the gas now, but I don't break for too long. Reminiscing on the nights I did wrong. I poured liquor from my homies that's gone, RIP, to the dearly departed. The place where we met is where we departed. Y'all still in my hearts though. I'm walking on water. I can't see no sharks though. That's a reference to Peter, of course. You know what I'm saying? But my, my vision is straightforward. My, my vision is on Christ. My vision isn't looking down because I'm not trying to sink. Uh, what is, I'm walking in water, I can see no sharks, though. I've had so many highs. I've had so many lows. Keep your hearts planted if you intend to grow. And that comes from Psalms uh, uh, being planted by the stream. You know what I'm saying? Being yeah. planted by the stream. As long as you're planted toward Christ, you're going to keep growing. And, um, I, I mean, I feel like when I was writing that, God was just giving me so much. Like, he was just giving me so much. And, and the second verse, it starts off, you say you love me, then leave me. I can't see you. I'm Stevie. Wonder why I heard heaven cry and seen a ribbon in the sky. Of course, that's more a metaphor. Uh, Stevie Wonder, he has a ribbon in the sky, you know, that type of stuff. So that, that track is by far my favorite track. Like when the album first came out, I would listen to that probably like 20 times a day. <laughs> 20 times a day because I love that so much. And um God has blessed me so much coming out of the season, just being faithful. And my album release party sold out, mm. you know, like all my shows have been sold out. Um, I went back to Zambia this past year and it's just like, it, it's just so much love. So I'm, I'm living in this moment. I'm not trying to worry about my past. Like I'm, I'm moving on to a new chapter. And like, I was just telling my therapist the other day, I'm kind of getting, I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point where I don't even want to share my testimony anymore because it, you know, it, it's back, it's back, it's back. But I understand the importance of it. I want to, I want to talk about the future. I want to speak life into my future. I want to keep moving forward. And um, I mean, that's just where I'm at right now in life. And life is beautiful. Life is so beautiful to me right now. And you, you got to appreciate the moments, appreciate the moments that you spend with your brothers, your sister. You think about this coronavirus that's going on right now, spending, people are spending time with their family. Maybe this is God telling us, Hey, you need to slow it down a little bit. You know, what, what, what can you learn out of this moment that we have? Because these are times that we're never going to get back. People are dying. Like some real life stuff is going on. So show love, uh, spread your love and say what you got to say now, because all of this is going by so fast. It's going by so fast. And time is just something that we just can't get back. Yeah, straight yeah. up. This this song for me is really helpful because it grounds me. Because mm -hmm. I tend to be a person that lives up here a lot. And since for the people that can't see, because this is an audio podcast, I'm pointing to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I tend to, and my wife points this out on me all the time, calls me on it, which is good. I love her for that. Um, but I tend to live like in Josh world up here somewhere. Mm. And when you do that, it doesn't allow you to be in the moment yeah. because I'm always thinking about something different. For me, it's dumb stuff like theology or reminiscing about, you know, 
uh, I'll do this a lot where like I think about something in my past that upsets me and then yeah. I play it back in my head over and over and over and over again yeah. and think about what I wish I could have said or like, oh, well, you know, I, I wish they, you know, came at me that way now or whatever. Um, and it, it's, it's helpful to, to say pause. No, I have to look at the people who are around me right now, right? Yeah. Like I'm eating dinner with my wife and we have food on our plate and we're in a house, there's a roof over our head and, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's warm in here. It's not cold. Like all these kind of things, just grounding myself in those moments. Uh, cause I think each, each moment is a gift. Each breath is a gift. And yeah. so it helps me to, to remember that. So I really yeah. like that track as well. Life is so beautiful that death has fallen in love with it. It's some real <laughs> stuff, up. man. Real yeah. stuff. Well, and I think when you look back on moments, I think whether they're whether whether they were painful or whether they were good, I, I always I find it interesting that sometimes they don't look different in mm. hindsight. Mm. Let's know? go. Let's go. Like you, you think about like the worst possible thing you've ever been through ever, and then you say, you know, man, like that was really hard. <sighs> But yeah. but at the same time, you look back on like the mo- like I think back to my wedding day, mm. and I have wonderful views and thoughts about my wedding day. But at the same time, I think back to you know like when my father in law died, and I think back to those moments and how that how those different things. And I, I watched my wife struggle through that, you know, and I I struggled through it in my own way too. But at the same time, the beauty in that struggle mm. brought a lot of different things to us in a way that you know the beauty of the goodness of our wedding day that brought stuff yeah. to us as well. Yeah. And I, I think when you, when you, when, I mean, it's so easy to look back at, like Josh was talking about, you look back on the negative things and replay them over in your mind and say like, man, like, you know, if, if, if I, if I could just go back, I'd change, I'd change the way I said this, or I would adjust the way I yeah. did this. And then, and then maybe life would be different now. Well, if you have that mindset, you're, you're not looking at the way that God wanted to mold you. Exactly. You know, like how the potter's hand got, how God wanted to mold ah, yes, that yes, piece yes, of pottery yes, together. Yes, and, yes. you know, in the, like, there's a story, there's a really cool thing. There's this, I forget what it's called, but there's like a Japanese style of pottery where when it breaks for Ooh. us and over here in, in, in the Western world, we think, oh, when pottery breaks, let's, let's glue it all back together and make it look like it never broke. Yeah. Well, what, what the Japanese do, there's this art form where they fill the cracks with gold. Yeah. And like a, and so it actually becomes more beautiful in, in the, the end. Yeah. yeah. And then they say, like, we're not going to try and hide this brokenness. No, we're actually, we're going to do is we're going to live into this brokenness. I love and say, it. Like, that brokenness made this piece of pottery look the way it does. I love it. I love and it. that is exactly how we are. And I, yeah. I think, like, you know, I mean, my, my most recent story, you know, I was fired from my last ministry job for making mistakes. And, yeah. you know, honestly, like, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a little thing. And it hurt. My, it hurt me. It hurt my yeah. family. It hurt my wife. It yeah. hurt my brothers, my sisters, my parents. I asked him, like, you know, why did you do that? Like, why did that happen? You know, I think back to that pain, and that was six months ago now. And, yeah. you know, that is going, like, I, I tried getting in other jobs at other churches, like, almost, like, right away. And if that story, you know, I mean, it was almost, it was almost as if it was like, you know, whoa, like, hey, you know, like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to step away from you as soon as that story came out. Yeah, and uh, you think to it, and you say, like, "Man, like, what am I supposed to do now?" Yeah. But as God is rebuilding the shattered piece of pottery yes, yes. that was my life, it's not going to look worse afterwards. It's not going to be like, "Oh man, like now my life sucks." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it could, I, I could stay there, 
But yeah. I've got to re- I've got to see that what God wants to do is God wants to rebuild it and make it more beautiful, in spite of what happened. Yeah, you know, yeah. and in spite of the, the the negative choices that I made, you know, like we've we've kind of alluded to it on the podcast. They're you know, like, what what that what that moment was in my life, and like, oh, I'm not working in ministry anymore. But we haven't really talked about like I was fired, you know, and like yeah, never talked about the story really before, but like that moment of my life could shape the rest of my life. Yes, yes. Or it could never shape the rest of my life. It mm. it could be a piece of the pottery that gets placed back in and gets outlined in that gold outline because I trust in what God wants to do later on. Yeah. Or I could just say, don't ever put that piece in there. I want to take that piece out and pretend like it never happened. Well, yeah. guess what? Now there's this massive hole in that piece of pottery. Uh, yes, it's yes, it's yes. never, ever, 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 ever going to gonna work. Like yeah. I could put flowers in there and try to make it look nice. But when I pour the water in, all the water is going to drain out. Oh. The flowers are going to die. Ooh, on, now man. who's like, he's preaching? Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> let's go! So as I was listening to moments like that, like there was a lot of that for me. Like I, I want you to know, like for me, listening to that song, there was like some healing that was coming for me personally. That you know what God wanted to do in me, and that sort of is listening to like man, like maybe. Maybe I'm not supposed to let that moment define yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I will work in ministry again. Maybe maybe, maybe I legitimately will. Yeah. And maybe that moment God gave, maybe, maybe that was a part of my story because that's going to shape the way I do ministry yeah. from this point forward. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'll just say thank you because it's, you know, like you, you definitely, you know, there's, there's a testimony you can tell people. I'm happy to share. I, I don't know that we want to share my story on your interview time, podcast, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm happy to share with you, Nehemiah, if you ever want to share that story with people as you're, you know, if you're, if you're doing that song live someday and you want to share a story around it, Most like that's something like that honestly really shaped just my thought process over the last day or two. And I've been kind of trying to figure out like, what, what the heck is going on in my life right now? Like coming home from a trip and I'm, you know, from the high of being out with my brothers and then coming home and it's kind of like, we, so I, I have four kids. I have four kids. My wife and I live with my parents right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's four other people home, four kids, my, my four siblings, cause they're some of them are home from college. The other two are high school students and the school shut down. So right now there are 12 people living under one roof. And, uh, uh, dude, it's, it's a crazy place. You come home from like this, this like sereneness, this quiet to just everything. It's like so many emotions flow, flow, fighting and flowing around, you know, just laying in bed last night, just like trying to figure out like, man, what is going on right now in my life. And like, sort of thinking about it, just maybe God wants to take that moment yeah. and make it a part of the story instead of hiding it, instead of being like, man, I'm not going to share that story anymore. Yeah. Maybe God wants me to share that story with every single person I come yeah. in contact with from this point forward. Uh, so yeah, I just want to say thank you to you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, bro. Definitely. Shout out again to my boy, Drew Rushline. Make sure y'all go check his uh, music out. Young star coming up, man. Yeah, Sweet. he's good. We just got that uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Woo! <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, he killed <laughs> the Star Wars thing. It's just yeah, he he's got some good stuff. He's got some good stuff. Man, straight up. All right, dude. Well, we we want to talk about one more song. Uh, listen, ah. thanks for hanging out with us today. Also, Nehemiah, thank you for hanging out with us today. Not a problem. Not a problem. The final song. Uh, Beauty like a Picasso. <laughs> hey, Picasso is my uh, 
this is my track. I feel like that's a track that really people have to listen to. And it's a track that people, it, it grows on people. Um, one thing about Picasso, if you think about it, we, we could talk about somebody. And so everybody starts off with a blank canvas and life. So you get to paint however you perceive these people to be. But most people will tell you something and then you start perceiving these people and you haven't even met them. But the beauty about life, I feel like is uh, the uncertainty itself. We're all different. We're sculpted different, but we're still hit with the same hammer. I talk about that. Like nobody is ex exempt from pain, but we are all, we're all, we're all a work of art in God's eyes. One thing I touched on is uh, the blue period, rose period, the paint's different. When you look at Picasso, his blue period, he was like more depressed, all of that type of stuff. That was a stage in his life. But when you look at the Rose period, you see all of his paintings were more colorful. It was more life, uh, different stages that you have to go through in life. And um, I, I, I love that song. And I don't know where it came from. It just, <laughs> I mean, I feel like God just put stuff on my heart. And um, when you think about Picasso in general, he was somebody, some people like Picasso, some people don't. And so I break down the chorus, can't understand it like Picasso. Some people can't understand his work. You don't understand what he was going through in life when he was painting certain images. As full of wisdom as a Picasso, but as full of pain like a Picasso. So, you know, like I touched on a lot of that. There's so, going back to what you were talking about, the clay and the gold, there's so much beauty in our brokenness. Are we willing to display it? Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to display that because they're afraid of how they're going to be looked. But the beauty really comes. I feel like the beauty comes from the struggle. Mm. That, that, that's what makes you so beautiful. And God can take that. And you never know who it's going to touch. You never know what your story, we were just talking about that. You never know how your story is going to affect the next person. Um, what is it? Uh, going to blue period, rose period, the pain's different. You live, what is it? You give birth, then after birth, the pain's different. Giving birth, I'm not, like females say, oh, that hurts. But then when you see your child, you're like, whoa, you forget about it. You know, like it's, it's, it's just different stages in life. And there's just, there, there's a lot of beauty in there. And Picasso is another one of the, it's one of my favorite tracks on the album also. It's just one of those things you gotta, you gotta really just listen, listen to what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, what I think is cool too about Picasso is it makes me think about, I think just that metaphor overall is, is a really strong one. Um, so I think it's awesome what you're able to do with that. But it makes me think about too, because Picasso did a lot of like abstract stuff. And so yes. we have like, uh, you know, our stories are all, all unique, like we were saying. And um, sometimes, for example, like during this coronavirus, uh -huh. um, people are tripping out and they don't understand what's going on and the story's becoming kind of abstract, right? Yeah, let's go. And, and Tom Ord, who's a, a friend of the show, he's a theologian, talks about how God reminds us that God is always with us, always. Always. Working in and through everything, always trying to bring the most amount of good even out of the bad situations. Facts. Even when our life is becoming abstract and we don't understand what's going on and it's looking like a Picasso. Hey. God is, <laughs> is, is squeezing good out of the bad and yeah. making it a beautiful painting. And so that, it reminds me of that. That That's a strong metaphor, man. You could, 
I feel like you could write a whole sermon series. Like we're going to have a <laughs> five part sermon series about Picasso. <laughs> hey, that's up to you right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think what's, what's so cool about something, <laughs> what's so cool about something like artwork and even Picasso, even, even Ivan Picasso, like Michelangelo or, or something yeah. else is the artwork isn't based on what somebody else thinks it should be. So you yeah. think about like, you take a, a painting that Picasso painted and you say like, Hey man, like, uh, I, I I look at your painting and I get this, and someone else says, "Well, I no, I, I actually get this." And then yeah. you could ask a hundred people and they could come up with something else. But if you'd ask Picasso, he would tell you what it really was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and like it, and it's and like he didn't write it hoping, like you know, you could draw a picture of two people sitting on a chair smiling at each other. Yeah. But like. The, the, and then everyone say, oh, well, those two people are friends. And those two people, you know, may, maybe it's a, a man and a woman. Those those two people are married because, look, they're both wearing wedding rings. Yeah. But then the, and the artist comes and tells you, actually, no, those two people are having an affair. Ah. Like, you, don't, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Like, and so I think, like, that, like, that is exactly like just a more of more imagery about our story. Like our story is ours. Yeah. And someone else can look and they can tell, tell me what their perspective on my story or Josh's or yours and Nehemiah. But then you can be like, actually, no, that's not the way I see my story at all. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, people are going to essentially, people are going to judge the way that they think your story should be. But then when it comes down to it, it is what we make it. Yeah. So like, I was listening to that song. I was thinking like, man, like, as I, as I think about what Picasso did, like, how many people have had the opportunity to ask Picasso, what's, what's the purpose behind this painting? And then yeah. get his heart behind it and really know the purpose. Yeah, and yeah. How much of that has been lost? And so now we're, we're stuck, you know, like you said, like, you know, we, we don't understand it like a Picasso. Like, yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if we understand it. He did, and it was his artwork, and it was his thing, and he and he he put something into that for, he wasn't just, you know, there are some people that just, you know, draw over the canvas. But even that, there's a story behind that in yes. their eyes too. It's always beauty in a, a artist's eyes. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one one more cool thing too. You talk about you have the line about wisdom like a Picasso, and um, that helps me remind you know reminds me of uh, scripture because a lot of times um, people go to the Bible and read it in like a very flat sense. Yeah. Really, the Bible is trying to teach us wisdom, and we see uh, different ideas being wrestled with within the pages of scripture, right? There's like internal yeah. dialogue going on and the Bible's mm -hmm. calling us towards wisdom and discernment. And so there's like, uh, you know, this, this Jewish um, metaphor, they talk about scriptures like a diamond, like a multifaceted diamond that if you keep turning and looking at it, you're seeing these different facets. It's still the same diamond ah. from different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they, they'll say, that's a beautiful thing about scripture, not something we should be afraid of, right? That we yeah, can yeah. These stories and our perspectives actually, um, you know, it, it, it matters. And so yeah. uh, there's like this funny parable um, that I heard from this dude called Peter Rollins. And he was saying there's these two Jewish rabbis and they were sitting on a bench. And every day for 40 years, they would come together at the same time after work. And they would argue about one verse in scripture, <laughs> about what it truly means for 40 yeah. years. And one day God was finally like, oh my goodness, I'm so tired of this. I'm going to go down there right now and tell them yeah. what it actually means. Yeah. So God goes down and he says, gentlemen, gentlemen, listen, I'm here to tell you what that, that verse means. And they're like, like, come on, man, like piss off. We want to argue about this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, when you think about go no, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Go for it. That that's the it, end of it. That, it that's... it's crazy because <laughs> that that's real though. Like so yeah. many people get caught up on certain passages. This person's right. This person's wrong. Like you can have your interpretation. There's nothing wrong with talking about it. You should always try to see it from somebody else's perspective. It doesn't necessarily you need to agree with mean you need to agree with it. Sure. And I think when you think of religion, when they talk about religion. Uh, I've had people say, well, why would you even want to read the Quran? And I'm like, to know at least what it has to say in it so I can have an intellectual conversation with somebody else. It doesn't, I, I don't have to necessarily agree with everything, but you need to be concrete in your faith. You need to know, yeah. but you need to know what other people are talking about. How can you talk about Buddhism if you haven't looked over it? Yeah. You know, like yeah. people are just ignorant when it comes to stuff like that. Why waste time? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was, I was just agreeing with you, man. <laughs> it's like straight up. Like people get so stuck up on certain verses, and one thing that I've learned when you talk about reading the Bible, you have to read it. You have to read it in the full capacity. You know what I'm saying? Because when, when uh, there are certain scriptures in the New Testament that go back towards the Old Testament. But if you've never read the Old Testament, how can you understand what's in the New Testament or everything? All the prophecies about Jesus coming, how could you understand that if you've never read through the Old Testament? You know what I'm saying? Like, people just get stuck on stuff that, to me, is just not important. And that's what I don't like about religion. Straight up. Some people just want to just argue all the time. That's it. Right. <laughs> you want to show that you're right. And it's like, man, you sound dumb. You're, yeah. you're, you're missing the message. You're missing the message. Man. Yeah, well, and, and like I think one of the one of those things with the Bible is like everyone wants to quote John three sixteen. Yeah, but then there's other parts of that that are so much like as you keep going. So it's you know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Yeah, people want to stop there. <laughs> then it says, for God did not send His Son into the world to Thank condemn, but in order that the world might be saved through yeah. Him. People yeah. don't say that part. Read it in its full context. <laughs> yeah. Read it in its full context. They say, well, you know, every, just, just, just read 316, but then, but then they want to be a, crit, a, a critic of someone living a life of sin. Yeah. But, yeah. Then, but then when it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. Yeah. Right after, after verse 17, you know, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He yeah. didn't come here to condemn the world. And so if that's, if Jesus didn't come to do that, well, that's not my job either. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, but pe pe people don't want to say that part because they want to be able to say, just, you know, just believe and you'll be saved. And, but then I also want to critique the way you're living. Yeah. I want to condemn the way you're living. I want to tell you that the way you're living is wrong. I want to look at your life and say, hey, man, look at all this stuff you're doing wrong, man, and all these all these ways you got it wrong. But yeah. that's not what Jesus did. I mean, you look at the way Jesus spoke to people, and you look at the way, like, when the woman came and just touched his cloak. And by his faith, or yeah. by her faith, she, was she believed that she could be healed. Yeah. And it wasn't because she touched him. Yeah. Or the cloak. I mean, I'm sure there was, you know, something about God, obviously, that, you know, that there is a healing power in that. But Jesus said specifically, it's through your faith that you were healed in this. If I could and, just touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, if, 
And so she's, I, I imagine, I've always thought about that story and I imagine like, you know, that day she just decides to give it a shot. And she says, you know what, man, and on her walk over to where Jesus is going to be, you know, she's walking and she's, she's not just blindly walking. She's got to be thinking about it. Yeah. She's thinking like, all right, man, I just, I just have to push through the crowd. I just have to, I just have to get there and I just have to touch him. And like, and I, I, I almost imagine like she hadn't thought through the rest of that. Yeah. Like she hadn't thought about what would happen afterwards. Yeah. She, if, if I just got to get close enough and I just got to touch him. And then like, that's going to be yeah. it. And, you know, like most women after that would have touched in, in that time would have touched and then would have ran away, got out of there. Like, okay, yeah. it's going to go away. But she stayed for some reason. Yeah. And she stayed because God, like the Holy Spirit was convicted to stay there and let God be a part of that. And you know, like she's thinking, like you know, so, Jesus says someone touched me, and I imagine the disciples are like, "Dude, like <laughs> millions of people around you." <laughs> of course, someone touched you, but like, but oh, then, that faith. Like, he yeah. knew that it was somebody coming, and like you know, oh my God, real, like, real. Instead of condemning her, like, "Don't touch me ever again," like the disciples would have, or the Pharisees yeah. would have, like, hey, "Don't touch me." He knew someone touched me. And then by your faith, you've been saved. By your faith, you've been healed. And like that brought about this story for her. I mean, can you, like, you never hear anything else about her again. Yeah. But I got to wonder, like, that exact straight, you know, just contact with the Savior. Yeah. What that did for the rest of her life. Yeah. You know, oh, man. I just, I, that's what I love about the gospel. Um, there's a difference what Jesus does versus the disciples. And going back to the my first Bible verse that I ever understood, Jesus is talking to a woman at the well. They wouldn't, the disciples wouldn't have did that back then. Yeah. And so, but nobody was going to sit up there and question Jesus like, hey man, what you doing talking to a female? She's a Samaritan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but Jesus was showing us something. He was showing us something. Things that religion, uh, culture has taught us. You need to throw that stuff away. You need to throw that stuff away. What did I say? What did yeah. I say? I'm the one you're supposed to follow. And it's yeah. like, if we could understand that, we'd be better off. We would be better off. Yeah. Lecrae has that song where he's talking about, like, women at the gym. <laughs> I like one of his more recent records. And, like, his, he's like, I'm going to go talk to her. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't want no problems, G. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like the disciples tell him, like, hey, man, don't go talk to her. You, know, you don't want no problems. That's what's going to happen if you go talk to her. But like along that story like no no jew ever walked through samaria to get uh, they they yeah, walked yeah, around but yeah. jesus walked through yeah and you gotta say man he did that on purpose man he had an he appointment knew, yes. not because he was hoping he would come across someone that he could talk to but because he was going and he was looking for her specifically yeah. he wasn't looking for somebody he was looking for her yeah and you know think about all the people in samaria he could have looked for Whew. he was looking for her and he knew her already. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. he he knew her like a father knows their child, he like, met better than anybody yeah. else. He, he knew who she was, and that he was he was seeking her out because her testimony, after all the stuff she had gone through, her yeah. testimony of of him being the savior, being the coming king, yeah. being the guy who he was supposed to be, that testimony was going to hit. That was gonna that was gonna reach people when she knew who he was. Yeah, there was yeah. going to be these other legalistic people around, like, well, I mean, if she's that bad and she had this, then I must, you know, then there must be something about this guy. Um, Let he, me go back. And, yeah, I, I love that passage. I love it. Yeah. Let me go back. This man told me everything about myself. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was beautiful, <laughs> man. Beautiful. Yeah.
Yeah. So one, one more wrapping up thought too, that just ties in with all of this is I'm reminded also of the, the passage when, um, you know, they bring that lady in front of Jesus, like, Hey, you know, oh, he's yes. an adulteress and yeah. we have to stone her. Cause that's what the law says. Yeah. And Jesus said, all right, you who are without sin, throw the first Casper. stone. Yes. Yes. And then everybody's like leaves. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he's like, Hey, w- like women, where, where are your accusers? They say they they're gone, and he says, "All right, go and do likewise, and you know, sin no more." Yeah, but That's yeah, crazy. but leave your past behind in this yeah. moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. Don't take don't don't continue doing what you were doing. So it's like Jesus saves us. He takes us out of that pit. He takes us from those 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 bleak moments in our life, and says, "All right, I took you out of this. Now don't go back. Yeah, don't yeah. don't keep don't keep going back to that stuff." He did that with her too. So. And yeah. when you think when you think about that from the Christian perspective, a lot of Christians are judgmental. I mean, <laughs> but who you're trying to play Christ right now? You didn't die for everybody, <laughs> and uh, you know that that's the biggest problem. We gotta we gotta focus on love. We gotta focus on love. That's the most important thing. And sometimes what are you hearing from the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> I think your biggest testimony in general is going to be your life. You don't have to tell everybody, "Hey, I'm Christian. I'm Christian." your life should always reflect that straight up. Yeah. Well, we saw that. We saw that just, just a few months ago when Kanye put that record out, how many Christians were skeptical? How many Christians I ain't gonna lie. Like, I was though. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna yeah. lie because I, I was just kind of like, I'm not going to comment on this. I want to see what else he's going to do. It's not yeah. my place to say that, but right. from a hip hop perspective, I'm just kind of like, all right, Kanye, you know, it, 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 and, and you know, honestly, I hope, that his conversion is very real because he's going to touch a lot of people that I'll never be able to touch. He has a bigger platform and you never know how God is going to use somebody, but it's not our place to judge. But I I, I understand it. Trust me. Cause I was skeptical. I ain't gonna lie. Well, and millions of people were walking around for, for a week and a half after that saying the words, Jesus is King. That's crazy. And so even that alone, that alone, I mean, I mean, God, can use less than that yeah. to, to reach somebody. But yeah. that alone, I mean, you think about how many people said those words in their households yeah. that never once before had ever said that phrase. Yeah. They never said Jesus is King. And then they listen to the album and they listen through different things. And if you really go and look at some of the words, like in, in uh, it's, the, it's the second song on there where he start, he he quotes John six three three. Yeah. John six three six, and he 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 quotes those things. If you look at the way his story, like on those lyrics he puts together, I mean, like he talks about being, you know, being the master, being, you know, being a, a lyrical genius, uh-huh. and like he always calls called himself that in the past. Like, well, I'm 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 you know, I'm, a, I'm a musical genius, you know. And yeah. Like, you know, but you look through those lyrics and you say he was onto something with this album, the stuff he was talking about. Yeah. Here, but when he said that, when he said. Um, what's everyone hearing from the Christians? And you think like, yep, because they're going to be the first ones to judge me. And that's exactly what happened, man. Yeah, facts. He he knew what was going to happen because that's exactly the community that we live in as Christians. It's like, well, someone says they're a Christian and our first thought is, all right, prove it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not praise the Lord. And if Kanye is legitimately a Christian, if he's legitimately following Jesus, Oh man, praise the Lord on that. Oh, I agree. I agree with you 100% on that. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Bro, sweet. Well, um, Nehemiah, this has been awesome. We're going to have to have you, you 
we're gonna have to have you back sometime to to chat some more because I feel like we could keep going all day. Most definitely, have deaf. some more fun. But uh, so it's exciting because you have a, a new music video dropping today. Yes. Uh, which so which means by the time this recording comes out, um, it's already going to be out there. So y'all yeah. gotta check that out uh, on YouTube. Um, but where else where else can people find you, Nehemiah? Where can they find your music? How can they connect with you on social media? iTunes, Amazon, everything is basically on my website. If you go to NehemiahBuildingBlock.com, you'll find my Instagram, uh, my Facebook, all my music videos there, um, where you can download the music. And uh, I also have a store. So uh, after this video drops, like I want to see, I want to hear what everybody else's story. So if you guys can uh, definitely go cop a shirt that says I survived that. And uh, hit me on Instagram or hit me on Facebook. What's your story? Like, tell me, like, what did you survive? Uh, what did you overcome? So we can just continue to share that with the world. And uh, let's heal some of this brokenness. Let's be the light in the community. Right Yo, on. bro, I want, I want that shirt, man. I'm telling you right now, I want that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Check the website out. Check the website out. Yeah. Yes, straight up. It's a cool shirt too, Marty. It's definitely a cool shirt. <laughs> Video is dropping shortly, though. Yeah, we'll have to see Marty and I. We're gonna have to. We'll go buy some after this, and then we can take a picture, and then we can post it as well when we uh when we drop this episode with Nehemiah. Much love. I'll put, I'll put, I'll put some. Uh, I'll put some of that government check I'm about to get into. Hey, <laughs> hey you wild for that? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Shoot. Yeah, much uh, love, man. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Nehemiah. Everybody, go and be sure to check out. Uh, his music go listen to these songs that we've been listening to and now i think what's super cool nehemiah is when they go and they listen to your album now they know the heart and the story behind it so it's going to yeah. make it connect that much more so thank you so much yeah. for your time and and for the hard work you put in and the story that you tell thank you for the platform i appreciate it brothers yeah, yeah absolutely. Doing a great job man keep keep doing it. keep making it happen right on bro much love and much as always marty go caps go blackhawks <laughs> <laughs> All right, brothers. Peace. Peace. Uh, stop, stop.